And, um, but I was happy. I was living my dream, serving on the worship team, serving in the office under Pastor Che and Samantha Cohen, who still mentor me to today. So I bless and honor them. I bless the Church on the Rock Kingston Church family and Apostle France and Pastor Diane. Right now, I'm attending Family Word and Worship in Kingston, who um, the church is pastored by Pastors Junior and Trudy Tucker, and so I bless them and my new family there. It's been 14 years since I've set foot back in the sanctuary. And a lot, as you can imagine, if you think about your own lives, a lot has happened in 14 years. A year and a half into my marriage, I got married in 2008. A year and a half into my marriage, my husband, Dwayne, was diagnosed with stage 4 colon cancer. He was 29 years old. He was given two, three years to live. We had not had any children yet. We were in a long-distance marriage at the time, and we were just faced with the worst from very early on. Three years ago in 2019, April, he passed away. And so I left in love, getting married, and now I'm back a widow with two children. And if there's anything I want you to hear this morning from me, is that at all times, in all seasons, stay close to the Lord. At all times, in all seasons, Stay close to the Lord. And I don't have to tell you to reflect on your own life. You know the things that you have suffered. You know your own pains, your own seasons of hardship. It could be a season that you're going through right now. But I want you to consider the things that you've been through while I'm speaking to you this morning. I want to talk to you about living through the pain and about rebuilding your life with the Lord. Living through the pain and rebuilding your life with the Lord. Pastor Omar shared that he had been teaching you all from the book of Nehemiah about rebuilding the wall, rebuilding the city, you know, coming back, returning to Jerusalem. And one of the reasons that made it easy for me to say yes when he asked me was because earlier in the, in the year, I had been reading the book of Ezra. And so I was very moved by the book of Ezra and moved by um, how God worked to rebuild the people, how to reestablish worship in the lives of the people of Israel, and how I was doing that and learning how to do that in my own life. So let's pray. Holy Spirit, I am so thankful, grateful that you would use me this morning to speak to your people. We are your people. And I pray, O oh God, that you would open our ears to hear, even me, our hearts to understand, our minds to know, God, that we would be good soil this morning, that we would learn of you, O oh God, and feed on you, Lord Jesus so that our lives, O oh God, would reflect your glory through the pressing, as my brother shared with me this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to begin by reading from Lamentations chapter 1, 
So if you have your Bibles, you can flip, phone, scroll. Sister Kareen will have it on the slides behind me as well. Because I want to set the stage to help us to understand what the people of Israel were going through before they were returning to Jerusalem. This is what happened to them. How deserted lies the city, once so full of people. How like a widow is she, who once was great among the nations. She who was queen among the provinces has now become a slave. Bitterly she weeps at night, tears are on her cheeks. Among all her lovers there is no one to comfort her. All her friends have betrayed her. They have become her enemies. After affliction and harsh labor, Judah has gone into exile. She dwells among the nations. She finds no resting place. All who pursue her have overtaken her in the midst of her distress. The roads to Zion mourn, for no one comes to her appointed festivals. All her gateways are desolate. Her priests groan. Her young women grieve, and she is in bitter anguish. These were the people of God. These were God's beloved. These were the ones whose hope were in God, and yet they found themselves in captivity, banished from their land, exiled, disoriented, with their entire identity stripped from them. From diet to names, if you remember Daniel, the Hebrew boys, their names were changed, and they had to adhere to a different diet, which they fought for. Everything was systematically stripped from them. I felt when my husband died that so much of my identity was stripped of me. I am no longer a wife. I am no longer a co-parent. I am no longer beside my husband. In a lot of ways, my identity was stripped of me. Before I go on, I want to start by reading also from the book of Ezra so that we can see how the devastation, how they served the God, served God through their devastation, how they began to rebuild their lives from devastation. And I'm going to read, it's a, it's a little bit long, but just bear with me. Ezra chapter 3, verse 2 to 7 and 7 to 10. Then Joshua, son of Josadak, and his fellow priests, and Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, and his associates began to build the altar of God of Israel to sacrifice burnt offerings on it in accordance with what is written in the law of Moses, the man of God. Despite their fear of the peoples around them, they built the altar on its foundation and sacrificed burnt offerings on it to the Lord, both the morning and the evening sacrifices. Then in accordance with what is written, they celebrated the festival of tabernacles with the required number of burnt offerings prescribed for each day. 
After that, they presented the regular burnt offerings, the new moon sacrifices, and the sacrifices for all the appointed festivals of the Lord, as well as those brought at festivals of the Lord, as well as those brought as freewill offerings to the Lord. On the first day of the seventh month, they began to offer burnt offerings to the Lord, though the foundation of the Lord's temple had not been laid. Verse 10. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple, the priests in their vestments and with trumpets, and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals, took their places to praise the Lord as prescribed by David, king of Israel. With praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord. He is Good, the exiled people said, he is good. His love toward Israel endures forever. And all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. And a few things I want to point out here. A lot of these sacrifices, building the altar and the temple, they are foreign to us. They are not things that we are familiar with. But what I see here are a people reestablishing worship of their God with everything that was in them. The altar was not even properly rebuilt, yet they used, and then foreign peoples were also using the altar at the time, and they were probably upset about that. So there, there was friction with the people around them. But still, they did all they could to worship God the way they knew how to worship God. They gave thanks to God for restoring them to their land. And they also commemorated their wilderness wanderings when they were first coming out of Egypt. And it's something that Jews still do today. They still celebrate the festival of tabernacles or the festival of booths in which they build temporary shelters from what I've read. Even now, to commemorate this season of their lives. So the darkness, their, their wanderings, their, their moments of exile are not times to be forgotten, but they're times that they used to worship God and to lift up his name. What has meant so much to me from reading this particular chapter, chapter 3, is that they learned to do in their dark season what they would have done in the light. When a season of hardship or devastation comes to you, do in the dark what you would have done in the light. Deliberately pursue God in the dark and not walk away. At all times, in all seasons, Stay close to the Lord. The temptation is to slink away, to stay by yourself, to become silent, to not take care of yourself. But what I want us to do this morning is to think about ways in our lives, practical ways in our lives. These things might sound really, really simple, the things that I'm going to share with you. Things that, of course, we all know already. But yet things, these are things that we fail to do because when we are in pain, we neglect the basics. When we are in pain, we, we neglect the basics. 
I remember when my husband was first diagnosed, he had many surgeries. He had to remove parts of his colon. He had to remove parts of his liver. And over the years, he had many other procedures and other surgeries. There is one in particular. It's called a peritonectomy with HIPEC that he had to go through. It was a very, very complicated and long surgery. They removed the, the lining of his stomach, and then they had to bathe his body in chemicals. And if you can imagine, the recovery for that kind of surgery was very, very, very difficult. And at, you know, when you're in the hospital, there's a lot of paperwork. When they're discharging you, they give you like pages and pages of your recovery plan. And it says things like eat and sleep, basic language, you know, eat, sleep, take care of your wounds, take your medication, instructions for how to, to get on and off the bed, instructions for how to get help from other people. But it's important, and sometimes we want to be dismissive of it. Oh, we know that already, we know that already, we know that already. But I found that when I went home, over time I would need to, you know, let me go back, because they did give us a list of things that would be good for him to eat when I was trying to prepare his meals. When we're in pain, we are resistant to the things we already know how to do. And so I have a list of about four things. Two of them, I think I'm going to join two of them um, in this service because they're so closely related, which is prayer and worship. But I want to begin with observing your faith. And by observing your faith, I mean take the parts of your faith that are that will align with your experience of hardship. Because I deeply believe that your faith doesn't leave you bereft of substance when you need it the most. When you need God the most is not the time for you to turn away from him but just because you don't understand. When you need God the most, you have to search the scriptures, you have to find the parts of your faith that speak to your darkness and that can hold the weight of your struggle. Dwayne passed away during Easter week in 2019. On the 14th of April, which was a Sunday, it was Palm Sunday, and I was pregnant and I went to church. I was going to church, uh, New City Church of LA, LA, a church that I love deeply. I went to church that Sunday and they didn't even have the service in the regular place. But I didn't tell anyone I was going. And I drove myself, because they would, of course, told me not to go. But I drove myself to the church because it was all I knew how to do. My go-to in stress and trouble is to find myself in the house of the Lord, is to find myself in the presence of the Lord. And so I went on Palm Sunday to give thanks because that was our month anniversary. We started dating on April 14th, 2004. And so we had come full circle 
and I wanted to go and give God thanks for the number of years that we had been together. Even though I was still believing God for healing, I wanted to give thanks. My husband passed away early in the morning on the Tuesday. And then on the Friday, on Good Friday, my second daughter, Amelia, was born. And so what I have found, I used to, I didn't understand why God allowed my husband to pass away and my daughter to be born during Easter week. But I understand now that I needed, I needed to know that I was wrapped up in the redemptive story of the cross. I needed to know that God holds my pain. I needed to know that even though we were believers, my husband was a pastor and attorney, loved the Lord, loved the Lord. And so did I, that even though he allowed my husband to pass, that he had the capacity and the love to receive me and all of my pain because Christ himself understands what it is to lose his life, to lose his life. And so I encourage you this morning that to observe your faith, that is one way that you have to stay close to the Lord. Observe your faith because God does not shift the story of your faith, the story of the cross doesn't change in the dark times. It's the same when you're joyful, when we celebrate Easter Sunday. It's the same God as Good Friday. Jesus on the cross and Jesus resurrected holds everything that we have in terms of our life experiences. The cross, the gospel holds your pain. The second thing I want to encourage you to do is to give. And I'm not just talking about money. Does anybody in here know what an incentive spirometer is? So when you are recovering from surgery, it's a, it's a little plastic device, and it has a, a, like an accordion mouthpiece and it measures, you, you inhale, and it measures the strength of your lungs, basically. It helps to expand your lungs. It helps you to start breathing properly well. Because when you're under anesthesia and doing like the surgery he had when he was bathed in chemicals, you would need to learn how to breathe again. And so, like I said earlier, sometimes when we are in pain, we withhold ourselves. We withhold our money. We withhold our time. And so I, I want to encourage you to keep giving. One of the things that has become really important to me, it was always important, but now so, more so because I am a single parent and because of what my children have gone through, I want to make sure that they know the Lord for themselves. And so at night, there'll be some times when I'm really tired. I just don't have anything left. And I say, can't we just sing, Jesus love me, loves me, and sleep. And they will not have it. They want to read the Bible. They want to do their thankful fors. 
and they want me to pray when it's all done. And um, that has been a blessing to me because I've learned to give, to give to them even when I feel like I don't have anything to give. And it has stretched my faith because I think it was just last week we were reading something and it had the word holy in it. And I asked, I asked them, what do you think the word holy means? I don't think I told you this. <laughs> what do you think the Lord holy means? And it's, it's because I really didn't know what to tell them it meant. And I thought it was important for them to know. So sometimes you flip it on them. You know, when you're a teacher, you flip it on the students. Tell me, what do you think holy means? And Ava said, my seven-year-old said, what did she say? It has escaped me now. It's she, true in everything is what she said. True in everything. And I felt the Holy Spirit when she said that because I could not have come up with that answer. And I thought I was going to say, oh, never mind. But then she, she was thinking and then she said, true in everything. And so it, those are words for me now to mull over and think about the holiness of God, what it means for God to be true in everything in all my seasons. When my husband died and when my daughter was born, God true in everything. Hallelujah. The next thing I want to encourage you to do in how you can stay close to the Lord is to pray and worship. And I've joined these two together because sometimes I've found that there's not, it's a thin line between the two, especially when you're in a dark space, right? Sometimes you don't have the words. And silence is important in any season of, the li of life. I find that when you're going through a hard time, that the thing to watch out for is not silence, but being mute or voiceless before the Lord. Having things to say and not saying it to the Lord is not a place that um, I believe the Holy Spirit wants us to be in. That we have to express our heart to God in all honesty. Christ himself did it when he was on the cross. If you can't find your own words... Search the scriptures and you will find words of lament, words of mourning, words to help you articulate your distress. So I'm going to read a little bit of Psalm 22. I'm going to read verse 1 to 2. And these are the words of Christ, at least in verse 1. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me and so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out to you by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. How many sleepless nights have we had where we find no rest, where we call out to God and we feel as if he is silent he does not answer or he does not answer in the way we want him to answer. He's not moving in our lives like one time. Because I remember when 
I was on fire for the Lord. I remember when I was working in Ocho Rios and, and how much God was using me and how much life was good and how in love I was and I was getting married and had plans for children. And now I am a widow. But God receives it all from us. God receives it all from us. And that's one of the things that really, really moved me in Ezra chapter 3. And it's in verse 12 to 13. Verse 12 to 13, which is more about worship. It says, But many of the older priests and Levites and family heads who had seen the former temple wept aloud when they saw the foundation of this temple being laid, while many others shouted for joy. No one could distinguish the sound of the shouts of joy from the sound of weeping because the people made so much noise and the sound was heard far away. The Lord is not looking for us to be fake or to muster up good feelings when we don't have any. The people who were relaying the new foundation for the temple, the older people had seen what the temple looked like before and they wept about it. And the new people, the younger generation, rejoiced. And it means so much to me that the people gathered together, like we are gathered here this morning, that this, you could not distinguish between the sound of a praise and the sound of weeping, but that they both rose together to the Lord. Both are valid in your life. Both are valid. You won't have seasons when it's all pain or when it's all joy but whatever it is that you have to express the Lord will receive it when my daughter was born I was happy I was joyful but then there were times when I was recovering the hospital and I was weeping and I was saying Lord it is not fair I believe the Lord wants to hear all of it from his people here in this sanctuary, when pastor, we don't know, everybody's life is different. You come in here with different experiences. And some of you may be really happy today. Things are going well. And for others of you, it may be, Lord, I really wish that you would come through for me sooner than later. And I don't understand where you are or what you're doing. And all of it is valid. All of it is encouraged in the house of the Lord. Do what you have to do to stay close to the Lord, come to worship, go to the prayer meeting if you feel that you have to do that. And I'm not suggesting that you do all of it and just throw yourself into ministry if you don't have it. But I am encouraging you to find a way, find a way to worship, find a way to pray, find a way to give, find a way to observe your faith. The last thing I want to share is living a normal life. It's hard to move on after tragedy. In fact, the people who are returning to Jerusalem were returning with their pain, returning with the loss of family members, returning with their identities turned upside down, returning with loss of property, loss of housing, loss of job, income, just losses, but returning. 
But here is what the Lord said to them through the prophet I, um, Jeremiah. We're going to read Jeremiah 29, verse 4 to 11. And as I shared in the first service, I really surprised myself. Really surprised myself by using this scripture because I haven't cared for it very much. Because I found that people used to say it to me or I used to hear it preached as a way of encouraging people when they're in a hard time and I didn't want to receive it. I didn't want anybody telling me God knows the plans he has for you, plans to prosper you and my husband has cancer, plans to give you a hope and a future and my children are fatherless. I didn't want to hear it. But this morning, the Lord has changed my heart for this morning and hopefully if you had felt the same way as I did, it will change yours as well. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them declares the Lord. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. This was the word of the Lord to broken Israel. This is the word of the Lord to Israel that God was restoring. Not completely healed yet. God was restoring them. And so my encouragement from this scripture is to live your life. When my husband passed, I had to give back his lease, his lease car. I had to move I had to get another house. Eventually, I moved back to Jamaica. I had to send my children to school. I had to live. Life goes on. And I had to pray wherever I was that God would bless the people around me because in blessing the people around me, then I am blessed. In, my husband passed in 2019, and in the beginning of 2020, that was when the pandemic hit and everyone was home, and all my help was dwindling, 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 dwindling. The only way I was able to survive during those times when I was working full-time again, I was a single mom with a newborn, my toddler was, could not go to in-person school, so I was homeschooling full-time, I was cooking I was cleaning. Everything was on me. And the help that I would normally have could not get to me because 
everyone had to stay home. When I was under that kind of pressure, grieving the death of my husband, I did only what I knew to do, which was to open my mouth and cry out to my God, to cry out in worship and prayer, to give to my church monetarily and any other way I could to invite my small group that was before a complete shutdown to invite my small group to come and have sessions at my house even though I felt like being alone sometimes to have them come and be around with all their children running around and husbands and wives around and you just do what you have to do to stay close to the Lord because the people of God even though I wanted to be alone the people of God were the representation of the Spirit of God in my life. When I did not know what to do in terms of planning a funeral, I did not have to think about anything. New City Church of Los Angeles, my small group, my pastors, my church, they paid for the funeral. They organized the funeral. They did everything for me. They organized my husband's cremation. I don't know what they did, how they did it. I didn't have to think about it. But God has provided, and perhaps this is another point as I'm speaking now, God has provided the people of God, the people of God, to be his representation of his love, of his generosity in your life, which is why we are encouraged not to forsake the assembly, that when you are in your dark times, don't forsake the things that come naturally to you or that are normal for you in engaging in your faith. So, at all times, in all seasons, stay close to God. At all times, in all seasons, we are the people of God in the valleys and the hills. And the last thing I want to share with you is that God's word over your life will not fail you. When God says things like, I will never leave you nor forsake you, I remember hearing maybe a year, maybe two years before my husband passed, God would say to me, you are not alone. You are not alone. Until one day I said, I remember I was in therapy, I said to my therapist, I wish God would say something else to me. I'm just like, Lord, that is so unhelpful. Could you say something else? But it was exactly what I needed to hear. God's word to me was exactly what I needed to hear because he was bringing me through a season of the death of my husband, the birth of my daughter, COVID, moving internationally back to Jamaica, all kinds of things. And he wanted me to know, you are not alone. You are not alone. That is the word of the Lord, and it will not fail. It is a word in season, and it is a word that you need. Amen. I have some other notes here about God's word not failing. But I think I'll leave that this morning and just ask you to think about the ways that you in your life right now, this morning, can put into action as a way to say, 
Lord, I am staying with you. I am walking this road with you. I'm not going to turn away. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to ignore pastor's call or sister so-and-so's call when they call me because I don't want to talk to anybody. I'm going to take that phone call and I'm going to let them pray for me. I'm going to let them bring me a meal. I'm going to let somebody bless me with some money because I can't pay my bills anyway. What can you do in your worship? What can you do in observing your faith? What parts of your faith? Is it Pentecost or coming up to Pentecost? Where the disciples had to wait for the Holy Spirit. And we want to celebrate the fact that the Holy Spirit did come. But sometimes we forget that from Easter till Pentecost, they were waiting. And they didn't understand where the Lord was. They were waiting. They were waiting. Sometimes the seasons of waiting are just as painful as anything else. The waiting and the travailing and the waiting and the waiting. Observe your faith. Think about the parts of your faith that can hold the weight of your struggle. How can you do that? This morning. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, you alone search the hearts of the people in this room and the people who may be listening online or at some other point when they hear. You alone understand our pain fully. You alone know the ponderings of our heart and where we are in our faith. Even though we have seen ourselves to be faithful, there are parts of our lives where we even want to say to you, God, you have been unfaithful. Maybe we want to say, Holy Spirit, that you have disappointed us. You have hurt us. You have not been good like I thought you have always been. I don't understand what this is, who you are, where I am, what that was, even if we are in a better place now, Holy Spirit. Maybe there's a part of our lives that we just don't understand. How you could have allowed that to happen. Lord, we bring it all before you this morning. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, to be a balm, to help us, Lord Jesus, to know that in as much as we stay close to you, that you are closer. That you love us, O oh God, with an everlasting love. That as Israel said, you are good and your love towards us endures forever. That is your word. That is your truth. That is eternal and that does not change. Help us, O oh God, where we are this morning, right now. And I pray, O oh God, that you would reveal your glory in us through our pain. That, as Pastor Omar said, that you don't intend for us to be in pain, but that our pain has purpose. And that you would use the parts of our lives that are painful that you would break it and let it be a blessing, O oh God, to others. I thank you for hearing us. 
our prayers, our silent prayers, the prayers and whispers of our hearts this morning. And I pray that you would meet each person where they are at and that you would draw us ever closer to you, closer and closer, Lord, closer and closer, Lord, every day and for all seasons of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, come on, clap your hands for Jesus. Hallelujah. Listen, let me tell you. I, I, I just want to, I don't, I don't need to add a lot or to add anything, right? Because God has spoken. But for any of you who, if life is like this, right? You think life is tough until you hear the person beside your story. You realize that though we don't give thanks for everything, that in everything we give thanks. Because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus before us. And so I know that Daniel went through a lot of this with her mother who loves her in Jamaica and, and her family. This is California. And she's still young, right? It's not like she's an old person. So imagine, ju- just imagine, just imagine with me. But yet, we, we run away from God when all we miss is a little food on the table. Then some of us run away when all that happened is that we lost a job. And then you realize that there are some persons who have gone through way more and they are still holding on. And so my encouragement to you today is exactly what she said. Run to God. Stay close. And I don't know if you know this, but I'm not involved in selecting songs. Except for what we're going through. I did not tell her what to speak about. But she knew that we're going through the book of Nehemiah. She didn't communicate with the praise and worship team. The second song this morning says this. In every season, your grace has been enough. The song starts by saying, I give you glory for all you have brought me through. And now I'm ready for whatever you want to do. It, it, it's like you have to see life like that, right? Um, God, I give you glory for all you have brought me through. And so maybe you're going through it now. Begin giving God glory. Because the product is always more beautiful than the process. The, the, the product is always more beautiful than the process. If you saw the process by which many things are made, you would dismiss them in the processing. But when you see the final product, it makes you go, wow. So if you feel like the process of your life is ugly right now, I just want you to know, there's a wow picture at the end. And so even for Daniel, there is a more beautiful picture being completed by God in all of this. Amen. So we're going to pray for her and for her family, for her kids. All right. Um, for when we refresh, God refreshes us. 
And we're going to end with singing that song. Um, your presence is an open door. Like none of this, God is so awesome because you remember last week we ended by saying, when you pray, God is going to open a door. You remember what Nehemiah did when the king said, what do you want me to do? And Nehemiah gave him a whole list of things and continued and continued. So we're going to pray because God is not going to give us things. He's going to give us instructions. So come on, just stretch your hands towards her. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this faithful woman of God. We thank you for every step of the journey is that you have brought her through. And here though she walks through the valley of the shadow of death, she need not fear no evil, for God with, is with her. The Lord is her shepherd because she has made the shepherd her Lord. So Spirit of the living God, we thank you for the grace that is on her. Even in her speaking, we experience that grace. We thank you for the Spirit of God that has kept her in the dark moments. That strengthened her in the dark moments. That in the pain, the comforting hand of the Savior was right there. You were the footstep in the sand as you carried her through the journey. And we know this morning that eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, and neither has it entered into her heart or our hearts the things you have in store for her. There's a better season. There's a better place. There's a better grace. There's a better joy. We don't discount the former things, but we declare by faith that her latter will be better than her former. And everything that she has lost in this life, God, we thank you this morning that you will give her even more in this life and greater things in the life to come. We thank you for her two young daughters that they will grow up strong in the faith. Be able to express worship and praise and to give themselves to God. To observe their faith even in infancy. We pray that you'll open doors of favor upon this family. Doors that no man can shut. Pray that they remain in good health. That no sickness shall befall them. We cancel every enemy assignment concerning them in the name of Jesus. Thank you that they have a friend in you, a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I pray that everything she puts her hand to and her family puts their hand to, it will be blessed. We pray for great success even in her book, that God, it will go beyond what she thinks and touch lives all across this world. 
We thank you for the seasons. So the walls were completed and you will complete the rebuilding of this new chapter, this new season in her life. We pray for a godly journey back to Kingston for her and her mom and daughters. We thank you for her gift to this church this morning, her gift of obedience to the Spirit of God. And as she has refreshed, may you refresh her, Spirit of the living God. To you belong all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. In Jesus' strong and mighty name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Come on, clap your hands one more time for Jesus. Listen, I'm going to ask you to stand with me. I think this song is so significant that that second song we did, I give you glory because you, you, you may not be in a space where you feel like you want to do that, but you just need to sing it by faith. Uh, you, may have, you may feel like it's not every season I feel like his grace has been enough. But I want you to, I want you to sing it, right? Because maybe by, by declaring it in the atmosphere of your life, it may get your heart to begin to believe what your mouth is saying. Amen? So come on, just stand to your feet with me this morning. Again, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. I urge you, listen, you have a mother, no matter what she has done, you can never make up for nine months inside her womb. Like, there's, there's no wrong she could have done that, that could cancel that. Listen, so, so, I want you to hear me. Even if she has not spoken to you and she refuses to speak to you, you need to speak to her and say happy Mother's Day. How I wish that my mother was here. And then I hear people say they don't even talk to their mother. Listen, if your mother never did anything except carried you on planet earth, you should be happy. Because you made it. Let me say that again. Nine months in the womb is worth 90 years of your life. You don't reach there yet. So don't let, listen, don't let anything stop you from loving your mother no matter what she has done or what she has not done you call her even if she don't want to talk to you leave a message amen come on stand to your feet hallelujah your presence is an open door